0: Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. My name's Leon Cox, and in this Sound of Play, which is the sister podcast to Cana Rince, uh, I'll be playing a selection of your community requests. If you don't request tunes, these won't be yours, but they are tunes tracks pieces from video games that have been requested by our listenership or at least the people who post on our forum i assume you all listen to the show as well Uh, we occasionally uh, sporadically dot one of these or request specials in and among the uh, schedule. I uh, noticed we'd had a few shows recently where we haven't had uh, requests for whatever reason, so I thought we'd catch up a bit. Uh, we've still got a decent pile of requests, but we could definitely do with some more and especially because I've decided to focus on some older tracks as the last sound of player I hosted uh, I focused on the last very last few years uh, with along with uh, Jacob Geller. I decided to go back as far as the requests would take me, uh, which takes us back into the late 80s up to the late 90s in this particular show. Actually, no, up to the early 2000s, thinking about it and uh, what our last track is. But Yeah, we really do uh, love getting your requests in. Obviously, we've played a lot of stuff. Don't worry too much if we played something before, but there's still tens of thousands Hundreds of thousands, I wouldn't even care to estimate, uh, of pieces of video games, music that is well worth hearing, well worth sharing that we've never played on Sound of Play in the uh, few years that we've been going. This is our 165th show, would you believe? Uh, I'm actually going to do a shout out for Apple Podcasts or iTunes in old money reviews right at the start of the show. I was just looking before the show and we're still stuck on a miserable, pitiful uh, 63 Apple Podcast reviews, which is uh, it's a, it's astonishingly low, given how long the show has been going and how many listeners we have. So please, if you do like the show, it is really helpful if you could go over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes on your desktop uh, or wherever else you get your podcast from, anything that might uh, highlight Sound of Play to people who don't listen. Uh, we understand that it is... In some ways, it's a tougher sell than the other show where we review video games in depth. But we also know that people who tend to listen to Sound of Play tend to fall in love with it and enjoy it very much. So if you tell people and or review them on your podcast platform of choice, it really does help us uh, spread the word about the good ship Sound of Play. Uh, So not every show is like this one. steeped in the history, but we did go back to 1988 for the opening piece, which was requested by uh, somebody calling themselves Marchantia. They posted on the Caner Rince forum simply saying, here's a tune that's stuck in my head. See, it's simple as that. It's nice if we get a story, some history, uh, some personal connection to the record. The record? What am I? Uh, The piece that we're about to play or we have played. But sometimes you just need to say this tune has been stuck in my head or does get stuck in my head. In this case, this is from uh, the 1988 game Grand Prix Circuit. Uh, Back in the day when there were lots of different Grand Prix games from different people. Uh, There was no official F1 license back at this point, I don't think. Uh, This was yeah, pre even some of the eminent earlier games in the series. Perhaps somebody had a license, but I don't recall. And yes, so you would get games called things like Grand Prix Circuit or Revs, or uh, there was a Scale Extric game, which was by the Bitmap Brothers, as I recall, um, before they were called the Bitmap Brothers. And yeah, uh, I did have this on my Amiga, actually. There's a version of that tune for the Amiga, which actually I think uh, is. It's more based in samples, but actually probably has a bit less personality. Um, I don't have enormously fond memories of this, uh, but I've never been into Formula One. But this was back in the day when you just used to buy games, you know, for whatever reason, whatever genre, because a decent game was just a decent game. You didn't think too much about it. Yeah, this was by uh, Chris Hatlid, the piece of music we heard there, the main theme from Grand Prix Circuit, which was released by Accolade. Yeah, back in 1988. Next up, it sounds like we're actually going back in time, but we're not uh, because this is uh, a piece of music that's played on a machine or a couple of machines that uh, date back uh, actually to the same sort of time as the Commodore 64 the NES and the Famicom, because Blue Weasel Breath says, one of my favourite NES tracks is The Beginning, the killer piece from Stage 1 of Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. The Famicom version of the game sounds much different due to three extra sound channels of the VRC6 chip, and in particular the Famicom version of The Beginning sounds really awesome. The whole piece is much fuller and has more punch, and the drum sound is more realistic, especially noticeable in the intro drum fill. It sounds the way the original sounds in my memories, or I suppose we should say the NES version sounds in my memories. But when I go back, and listen to the NES version now, it sounds a bit anemic in, in comparison. Still great, though. So, yeah, we're going to play them back to back, both the same length, unsurprisingly, one minutes uh, and 50 seconds long. And this is beginning from first Akumaju Densets. And then from Castlevania 3, Dracula's curse. Idenori Maezawa, Jun Furahashi, Yukie Morimoto and Yoshinori Sasaki all worked on the soundtrack for Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse on the Famicom and then the NES. 1989 that was. Now, I don't know actually how much work they did uh, sort of retrospectively. So they would have composed the Famicom soundtrack, which is the first one you heard there with the extra channels. And then when the... NES version came out, presumably they had to do a certain amount of reworking, it wasn't just a case of leaving off three of the channels so I assume they had to actually get it to play and sound right on the NES uh, inferior sound chip compared to the Famicom, uh, but I don't know too much about that stuff, interesting anyway and that is a great tune and it's uh, I think, yeah, I, I prefer the Famicom version but actually the NES version uh, has, a, has a certain sound to it that I recognise and enjoy and it's, uh, it's always a good indicator if you can strip a tune down to that sort of level of uh, low, low fidelity, low tech, and it still gets you grooving. Uh, that's a sign of a good good piece right there. We haven't covered the early games in the Castlevania series on Kane and podcast. We did cover the uh, the wondrous Castlevania Symphony of the Night back in issue 84. Some years ago, and we do actually talk in that show a little about the other 2D games in the series, Um, but uh, that's not to say that we couldn't or wouldn't someday revisit the Castlevania series. There's a lot of stuff uh, both before and after Symphony of the Night that is worth talking about, might be challenging to complete some of it. That's the only thing. But uh, if there's enough desire among the team, it could happen. Next up is another request. It's still an old request special, that's what I said. Uh, this is from The Gaffer again. We featured one of The Gaffer's requests from this game recently, but it was cool, and yeah, it was one of the older picks on our pa- uh, plate of requests. So this is, again, from Sly Spy. Uh, and The Gaffer said, I think we may have had this before, but Sly Spy is a James Bond-esque character, and the arcade soundtrack is very much in that style. However, The Follins, Tim and Jeff, decided to go all-out 70s cop show and make a much funkier offering. Indeed, uh, this uh, starts off... you When it first starts, you think, I wouldn't necessarily call this funky, but the second half, yeah, you, you'll get that uh, descriptor in spades. This is simply Tune 3 by the Follins from the Software Creations conversion of Slice by Secret Agent for the Amiga. Ocean released that it was a data East license that coin up is currently available emulated on switch uh, in there's a yeah there's a, a little range of uh, coin uh emulations that I've mentioned before that uh, they have the uh, the data East license there's already uh, dragon uh, bad Dudes versus dragon ninjas up there um, they're not out on other formats just switch at the moment uh, similarly as with the Big old collection of Sikyo games that Zero Div have released on the Switch. Also well worth checking out. You can get some real uh, stonkers of the uh, vertical and horizontal scrolling shmup genre uh, on your Switch. And uh, yeah, very nice they are too. Play them in vert and everything. Thanks to the little tablet. So yeah, always fun to have some Tim and Jeff Follin. And in an unusual move, our next track is also from... Tim and Jeff Follin. Uh, this is from a different format, different platform, different sound chip, and I think it adequately t- expresses just how um, eclectic and uh, yeah, just technically superb uh, the Follins were at uh, yeah, bringing different atmospheres and genres of music to the various uh, computers and consoles they worked on. Uh, Code Monkey requested this one, Monkey says, this track just oozes atmosphere. This is the short version. There's also a nine minute version. Can you spot the nod to the original Solstice? Can we? Uh, Well, you might if you played it. But yeah, this is uh, called Tori. This is the shorter version by the Follins from Equinox, also known as Solstice 2. That was another game by Software Creations. Obviously, they had uh, the relationship with uh, the Follins. It was also them who did the conversion of Ghouls and Ghosts for US Gold with uh, Tim Follin's soundtrack. We recently covered Ghosts and Goblins on the Kane and Rinse podcast, and that show's gone down very well. And we're going to return with Ghouls and Ghosts, Daimakai Mura, later in the year. Uh, that one that we just heard from Equinox is, yeah, Super Nintendo, of course, or Super Famicom 1993. And yeah, really atmospheric. Uh, it's amazing some of the sound you could get out of that uh, chip. Yeah, compared to uh, the NES before and even the Famicom, um, I think sometimes uh, the Super Nintendo sound chip, you're, you're treated to approximations of instruments that that don't work so well but i think it's particularly good at evoking sort of those sort of uh yeah moody keyboard washes and uh yeah sort of uh, ambient synths and things like that next gen again our next request is uh, also atmospheric in its own uh, rather more uh sort of friendly um way uh, this is requested by david wagner over on facebook you can do that too Like our Facebook page if you don't already. It's where we do video games news news, news and news. But also we'll of course announce all our latest uh, podcasts and articles there and things like that as well. Uh, David says, I don't have a lovely story explaining why I'm submitting this track. It's just an extraordinarily catchy tune from a great soundtrack. We haven't uh, featured this one before from this game, though we have featured others. But this is David Wise's Diddy Kong Racing soundtrack. And this was... Played while you raced through the scary trees of Haunted Woods. There from the haunted woods of Diddy Kong Racing, 1997's Nintendo 64 game. It was exclusive then, it was later converted to DS, and people didn't really seem to like it anymore. No one cared, I guess. Digital controls they mucked around with some of the the sounds and things like that. Um, it was portable, it didn't, uh, yeah, 10 years on, it didn't capture the uh, the marketplace or the imagination like the original did. Um, I think it's one of those games that would people would probably clamour and get it very excited if it was re-released, and certainly with the Ukulele team promising or threatening, I'm not sure to uh, potentially go down this route with their next game uh, after people getting incredibly excited to Ukulele and then ultimately perhaps not really enjoying it all that much in some ways. Uh, Maybe that's partly the game, or maybe it's partly that nostalgia. Nostalgia's a bitch and uh, sometimes and this is one of the things that we explore at length on the Cane and Rinse podcast is how much uh, how much games sort of or particular individual games rely on our nostalgia and our original experiences of them to hold up in the modern world. Kart games are still going. Obviously, we've got uh, a certain Mario Kart 8 DX, which has uh, been out effectively for four years, four plus four and a half years now, probably. Um, People still love it. People still play it. Um, and we have a new Sonic uh, All-Stars game coming from Sumo quite soon. Uh, so there's definitely still uh, some appetite for those kinds of games. Um, I do like the idea that somebody could make a Diddy Kong Racing style adventure where it was both karting and adventuring. Um Naughty Dog did it with Crash Team Racing, which I played actually two or three years ago and was I was similarly underwhelmed with it. I completed it, but it was like, yeah, I think uh, maybe maybe those games have had their time. But then I think about it, the idea of a of a full blown karting adventure with fantasy elements and, you know, a sort of cartoon world. It does, does still sound quite appealing if somebody just nailed the recipe. I don't know. Uh, we covered the original Diddy Kong Racing back in Cane and Rinse one five six. I didn't return to the game for that. It was all done from memory because uh, I had very strong memories of the game. Um, I can't imagine myself actually playing through and completing that game now. But I don't know, if someone gave me the cartridge right now. I, w- I wouldn't have an N64 to play it on. I don't know. A real change of tone and mood now. And in fact, uh, this one isn't child friendly. So normally our shows, we try to keep them uh, PG at strongest or clean at best, um, but we're playing a track from the original 1997 Grand Theft Auto. It's uh, it's a sort of uh, rap pastiche, uh, and as such, it contains some rudies, some sweary pops. So if you are listening in the car with your kids, you might want to skip this one or save it for later. Uh, Nick Turner requested it epitomised the gameplay for me, gangster-esque yet somehow cartoony and comedic I must have listened to this track a hundred times while hanging out at a mate's house as a teenager pretending to be gangsters and getting involved in a small town countryside way in all that implies. So this is credited to Da Shootaz Uh, actually Colin Anderson, Craig Connor and Grant Middleton put this together for DMA Design's original 1997 GTA she knowledge was my main game to figure out the law, to figure out the frame. Just when I thought I knew justice, I got my me said, you're just being rushed LA Don't fuck with me. joyride indeed grand theft auto 1 from the personal computer and playstation 1 back in 97 uh, released by bmg interactive not thq uh, i don't know if bmg was absorbed into uh, thq or whatever and obviously dma was uh, was to become rockstar north um yeah incredible history there i'm sure there was that uh, there was that BBC drama that came out about that uh, but it sounded terrible. Uh Daniel Radcliffe, wasn't it? I didn't watch it. Um yeah. Um I'm sure there's a an interesting book about the history of DMA going all the way back to the uh, late 80s uh with Menace and so on and uh, tracing it all the way through to the rock star of today who are notoriously tight-lipped and won't tell you anything about uh, the process. So <laughs> That could be an issue. Now jumping forward another year in time for a much more obscure piece. Uh, This was one of a few requests, I think, um, from this series of games. Very, very niche indeed. Um, Homespun PC-98 bullet hell shooters or insanity shooters. Uh, Sergeant Silent requests this music really makes Toho 4 Lotus Land story worth playing again and again. I'm terrible at insanity shooters but that doesn't stop me from replaying it for the sense of accomplishment I get when listening to Zun. Somehow I get both a feeling of playfulness but also that seriousness of the issue behind it. This is called Bad Apple! Two exclamation marks. Zunsoft's Lotus Land story from the Toho series of games from the 90s. I can't I'm, I, I can't pretend to be any kind of expert on that. I've learned a little bit by reading up, but it's something I've heard of, but uh, a bit of a, a dim and distant. Um, that's not the right word. It's something I don't know much about is what I'm trying to say. The Toho games or Toho Um but yes, uh, an interesting thing, a uh, project nonetheless. And uh, Zunsoft, the makers Zun, credited as composers. And yeah, lots of that kind of uh, uh, high tempo chiptune sort of thing. So if that's your bag, you might also want to check out the uh, the games that go with it. If you're into your shoot 'em ups we've got uh, quite a few players of such niche titles on the forum now, which was how I always envisaged it. Uh, When we first started, there was, um, you know, and there's, we absolutely are a broad church of all different kinds of games, but it was very much sort of weighted towards the latest big AAA releases, uh, you know, third person, first person action games and all that kind of thing. But over the years, as we've, uh, as we've made more and more um, sort of made our intentions clear and covered all sorts of uh, niche genres, uh, we've, uh, we've got community members now who are into some of the, yeah, the less uh, kind of popular, um, but. Equally fascinating and, and equally as passionately followed types of game, including yeah, like shoot 'em ups. As uh, people talking about Sivaria at the moment on the forum, which takes me all the way back to the the early two thousands and the NTSC forums, and uh, talking about yeah, what Japanese import shooters you could get for for PlayStation Two and Dreamcast at that point. Um, but yeah, now um, these games get their you know get their market share as as. As little as it might be, but thanks to the likes of Steam and and independent friendly platforms like Switch and even PS4 and Xbox One to an extent, uh, these games, they can come out and and, uh, they don't need to find a physical release. Uh, They can magically transport themselves down pipes into players' homes. And while they might not get a lot of attention on mainstream games media, uh, it's nice for there still to be places for for folks to to talk about these um, yeah, these these cultish elements of the wonderful and broad world of video games uh, coming back to the the more AAA, the more mainstream. And as I say, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We've covered this series for the Cane Rinse podcast this year, the Resident Evil th- numbered games. This is going to be from Resident Evil 3. Uh, this is pretty much a loop that goes around a few times but it is a great one I think Uh, Dom's Beard requests I have spent the last couple of days listening to the soundtracks of Resident Evil's 1, 2 and 3 which are all on Spotify by the way Uh, after much deliberation I have decided this is the best variation of the savour music calming enough but with a sense of dread Uh, yeah this is Free From Fear by Masami Ueda and or Saori Maeda Uh, not my favourite but I like it And here it is. from Fear, definitely does what uh, Dom's beard suggests there, I think my favourites are still, is between Resident Evil 4's Serenity and possibly the remake one as well um, but yeah, it's a close call um, everyone's got their own favourite Resident Evil Safe for music, I think anyway, that was from 1999 uh, almost 20 years ago Cain uh, issue 313, as I say for that one, we've also covered all the other games in the series up to and including Resident Evil 4 at the time of the release of this podcast. We still have five, six and the much more recent seven to talk about before the end of the year on Kane and Rinse. Remember, please do Head over to the forum at com slash forum. As I say, it's a great place to talk games, uh, both uh, niche and mainstream, hardcore and otherwise in a friendly and intelligent and respectful manner. Uh, you can also follow us on the uh, less friendly, intelligent and respectful place that is known as Twitter. Follow us at CanaRince. Uh, we try to be all those things, even if uh, even if not all the rest of the twitterverse is you can use the hashtag soundaplay if you want to request a tune or go to our facebook page as i say give us a like there it all helps uh, just seeing those numbers go up is uh you know is valuable fuel to our feeling that all these endeavors are worthwhile. Uh, Continue to request your favorite pieces, other deep cuts or uh, curios from the history of the video games medium. As I say, we now are particularly short of stuff from the 80s and 90s. So if you've got favorite tunes from the 8 and 16 bit era, I would absolutely love to play them on a show like this one. We'll continue to include a selection of your requests in the playlist for each regular Sound of Play. Please do subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from if you don't already. And as I said earlier, it really, really would help and be very nice if you would leave us an Apple Podcasts or iTunes review or rating, or if other platforms allow you to Give us a a thumbs up or a five star or whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, Something like that would be good. Or just tell your friends in real life or on social media. Try to spread the word about this. uh, We think rather lovely podcast. Follow us on Twitter, as I say, Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you've enjoyed this show, as much as uh, a review and a kind word goes a long way, a dollar goes even further. You can pay a dollar a month through our Patreon, patreon.com slash And it all gets uh, put back into the uh, time and effort that it takes for us to make this show and all the other shows that we put out and everything else that we produce, really. Uh, and yes, keeps the lights on and all that. Uh, thank you to our community contributors. Keep them coming, as I say. And thank you to Editor J. Good luck with the move. Um, And yeah, as I say, our final track actually brings us from all the way. We started in 1988. We've come 13 years for this last pick from T-Bone, 254, who says Forest is first played when we meet Angela. It starts with this very light, almost erratic piano sounding instrument accompanied by some strings that never quite settles into a uniform melody and beneath that is this low slow moving drone. It sounds all at once both innocent and menacing and gives the scene in which it is played an eerie dreamlike quality. The music from Silent Hill is nothing short of amazing and I think this piece really exemplifies that. This is actually from Silent Hill 2 of course by Akira Yamaoka. Of course uh, the Scary, scary game. Uh, we covered this series a few years ago. We covered Silent Hill 2, uh, perhaps the standout of the series for many. Kane and Rince, issue 155, if you've never heard that podcast. Well worth checking out and the ones around it. We'll leave you with Forrest from Silent Hill 2. And see you next time in Sound of Play 166.